Lauren Law, aka Lawsy, is an ex-accountant, ex-financial advisor, and now works with Melissa Brown, a self-made multi-million dollar financial educator and business strategist. Together, they deliver Mel's signature online course, My Financial Adulting Plan. And while Mel is very much the face of the course, Lauren enjoys being behind the scenes and working one-on-one with women to help them reduce their financial overwhelm and understand why they behave the way they do with their finances and help them design a life that they're really excited about. Lawsy is mid-30s, owns her own home and has built a life by design. She has investments in property and shares and she also helps run her husband's small business. So not only does she know the theory, but she also knows how to put it into action. So I asked Lawsy to join me as a guest on the She's in Business podcast to unpack some pricing psychology concepts when it comes to getting pricing right for your business. So if you're at the start of your business journey and you want to avoid costly mistakes, or you've been in business for a while and you want to get a better understanding of how to price your products and services to your customers, then tune in. This one is for you. I'm Donna Han, a business coach and an online course creator, and this is the She's in Business podcast. You can think of me as your business bestie, who's a few steps ahead of where you are right now. As a mum fueled with ambition and determination, I've created and sold three businesses, I've learnt the lessons, made mistakes, and I understand the daily juggle and the hustle. I also know what it's like when relationships fray and burnout taps you on the shoulder. That was my world until I reshaped and transformed the way I ran my six-figure business. Today, I help women to transform their businesses and go from being the overwhelmed entrepreneur to becoming the thriving entrepreneur, feeling energized, empowered, and fulfilled within their business lifestyle. I want to inspire your business journey and help you to stop spinning your wheels because I want you to burn bright instead of burning out. And I'll invite other entrepreneurs to share their real life stories too, because I want you to know that you're not alone. You can be the savvy entrepreneur that you are born to be and enjoy the freedom to do the things and be present with the people that mean the most to you. So if you're ready to rise to the next level and build a business by design, this is the She's in Business podcast for mums who are made for more. Well, hello, hello. I'm Donna Han, the host of the She's in Business podcast. And as you heard in the intro, I'm joined today by Lauren Law, aka Lawsy. So welcome, Lawsy, to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So with all my guests, I always ask them to take the limelight and introduce themselves and share their business journey thus far. I would love if you could take the limelight and tell us a little bit about you. So I think the important thing for people to realize to me is I'm actually not a business owner, but I am an ex-accountant. So I've been working with business owners for 12 years. And in that time have worked with hundreds of small and medium business owners. My husband also has his own business. So being the accountant, I'm the one that is doing the business stuff with that. Um, And I also work closely with Mel in her business and helping her run and deliver her courses but I have interest in full disclosure. I did actually go into business with Mel for a little bit when we started financial advisory firm. And we both realized that that's not my sweet spot. 
and I'm much better landed in the employee camp. But I absolutely love working with business owners and getting involved with them. So I kind of I've been able to create this beautiful position where I'm working with business owners all the time. I used to do it a whole lot more than I do now, but I'm still involved in that space in being able to work with Mel and my husband and your know, other friends and people's businesses as well. Yeah, that's so, so great. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the programs that you work with Mel in More Money for Shoes and all of that kind of stuff? Yeah, sure. So the main course that we run now is the My Financial Adulting Plan. So it's aimed primarily at women, but plenty of blokes do it because they hide behind their wives as they work through the course. And as the name suggests, it's all about helping people take control of their finances so they can live a life that they want to and with the dollars to back it up. Because as we all know, we weren't taught any of this stuff at school. And even as an accountant that has gone through uni and then post-uni studies and all those things, we weren't taught this stuff. And so, so many of us are battling through trying to get on top of credit cards or we're focused solely on paying our mortgage or and not looking at other things like having different income streams and having side hustles and small businesses to fit in with our lifestyle or support our job that we're doing as well, like all of those things. So the course is very much about getting people to understand who they are and why they act the way with money that they do, mapping out a plan as to where they actually want to get and the finances that they need to support that, as well as then providing education around investing in shares, in property and in business as well. Yeah, I love that. It's so empowering, isn't it, to really have control of your finances as a woman? Absolutely. Yes. And so important because it just gives you, if you're in control of it, you just have so much more choice and freedom and options, which I think is super, super important. Yeah. I love that. So I asked you onto the show to talk about getting your pricing right inside business. And it's such a tough thing, I think, for so many business owners because there's so many different ways to do it depending on your business model and your industry. So I want to explore a few of those with you if we can today. And I'd like to kick off with cost-based versus value-based pricing. So can you tell us like, what is that for starters? Let's start there. Yeah, sure. So cost-based pricing is the easier of the two. And it, because it comes down to dollars, like what are the material costs for you if you're making a particular product? What is your hourly rate if you're delivering a service? Like you can easily, shouldn't say easily, sometimes it can be a little bit murky, but you can still work out the dollars that it actually costs you in your business to deliver a particular good or a particular service, which makes it easy. It's like, oh, cool. I know it costs me X amount. Therefore, I'm going to charge Y amount. Value-based, like anything that seems to have the word value in it, is a whole lot more subjective and is therefore a whole lot harder to do. But if you can spend the time to do it and to work it out, is generally so much more profitable for you, but also such a better experience for your customers. And the reason that it works for both of you is being value-based pricing, you need to understand what is the value or the benefit that your good or service is going to provide to your customer. Because if you can work that out, and if you can really articulate that and communicate that to your client, they understand what they're buying from you. And then you feel good doing it because you know that you're delivering something that they want or they need, and you're able to charge it at a rate that you generally is going to far exceed the cost of what you're doing. So if we were to put that in an example, say when we worked in the accounting firm, if we knew that our hourly rate was 100 bucks an hour and we knew that it was 50 bucks worth of cost to cover 
rent and admin staff and computers, say, for example, we know that our cost is 150 bucks an hour. So if we wanted to deliver a particular service, like a tax planning thing or something, we could go and we knew that that took three hours of time. We'd go, oh, we could charge it at $450 if we look just on cost. If we wanted to go value-based though, we could look at it and go, well, what does this service do for our client? We know that it gives them certainty around their profit. We know it gives them certainty around the tax bill they're going to have. We know it gives them certainty because they can play around with different scenarios of what if I do this or that before 30 June and really nut that out in a really interactive session for them. And the client, the value to the client of that far exceeds 450 bucks. Like it's a thousand or two thousand dollars. And if we can communicate that value to the client, the client loves it. We love it because we're like, awesome. We know it's actually providing a benefit that they need. And we're also getting paid a whole lot more for doing exactly the same thing that we would under a cost-based model. Again, you can't just go, I think this is worth $10,000. You've got to be obviously in tune with your client base. And if you, for example, are dealing with small sole trader businesses in that example, you might go, really the maximum I could charge is $1,000, but I know it's not going to take me that full three hours. Or if you deal with bigger businesses, it might be, I know I can charge $2,000 for that, even though it's the same three hours work because of the value that I'm going to deliver. So you can see even in that example, it is a bit, it's harder to lean into that value-based pricing. You've got to do the work. You've got to understand your, who your customers are. But if you're in a space where you can do it, generally you're going to find that it's much more profitable and beneficial for both parties. Yeah, absolutely. Is it different when you're doing value-based pricing for a product? I don't think so. No, because, and I mean, it depends on the product. If you're selling, I don't know, highlighters or a highlighter, such a hands person. If it's something like that, that's really sort of low cost and high volume, you're not really generally going to be linking into the value base. But if you have a particular product that you know is going to deliver so much more value to your customer, I mean, look at, I don't know, Thermomixes versus Saucepan. Do you know what I mean? Like, Thermomix has built this whole brand. I mean, I don't have one, but I hear enough about them around the value that they bring. They're giving you time back. They're making that dinner and meal prep so much easier and all those things. So you can absolutely lean into value-based pricing, providing that that fits with the nature of the product that you're selling. Yeah, I love that. And I like that you really touched on that point of your business model in the way that you set your price and looking at, are you going to be doing a low cost product and you're going for high volume of sales and the same with service, or are you going for a high cost and therefore you're going for low volume and then you can deliver a different level of service to those people if you're going with low volume of sales, which therefore you can probably push that price up. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Provided that you're still getting, delivering the value with it. The thing that comes down to it is being able to communicate that value to your customer. Yep. Which is really about understanding your ideal customer avatar and getting that messaging right when you creating your marketing. It's really getting that marketing message right, isn't it, from the get-go? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I would also... What I would say to that is as much as everything could be perfect and go, we want that right from the get-go, it's still your business. And it's particularly if you're a new business or a startup and you're still kind of working your way through the murkiness of going, oh my God, what have I done and how do I do it? You can still tweak and change or completely overhaul everything. So I think it's just 
realizing that, okay, things that you have set up, you can still change them if you want to and need to. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also if you can factor in a little forethought of how you want your business to be in five years time and shape it around that, because it's so much easier to do that at the beginning and go, okay, what will it look like if I go for high volume? Can I sustain that? Or what will it look like if I go for high touch points in whatever it is that I'm doing, if it's a product or service and I'm really going to the nth degree in customer service, can I sustain that as my business grows and I leverage the scale of my business? Because I think sometimes what happens is we get five years down the track and we're trying so hard to sustain what we've promised and keep up with what we, I guess, have set our business out to be. And that can just be our own expectations in our own mind, as well as what we put out there to our customers. But you can really burn yourself out in doing that. So I like what you're saying in going, if you get to that point, you go, this is not working for my business. You can always change it, but it's also great to have that foresight and go, okay, what will my business look like in five years time? What do I need to do now to ensure that I can sustain the growth of my business and still deliver the way that I want to? Yes, absolutely. And I think that's equally important for the sale of products or the sale of services. Because even if you were making something, maybe you've got a hobby of um, candles or whatever it is, and you go, I'm going to sell that at a market. But if your longer term vision is, I really want to be able to wholesale this to other retailers to sell my product. It's about being conscious of that when you're setting your pricing now and selling at the market. Because if you're only doing it with, I know, a $10 markup or something, and then you want to wholesale it, and you know that your wholesale, the people that you're going to sell it to, so the retailers to the end customer want to double what your price is. It's like, okay, well, if I'm only getting a $10 markup now and I know that they want to double it, is the price of that candle worth double, if not more, what I'm already selling it at? And if you go, no, there is a disconnect there. And so you really need to look at, well, how am I going to price it now to make sure that when I want to re- have these retail through a retailer that's not me down the track? I can. And same with your services, because I think the biggest thing in services is too often, especially when you start out, it's probably just you. You want to over-service, you want to over-deliver, you're hanging on dearly to these beautiful clients that have come into your world. But there's going to reach that point where you go, I can't do this. It will lead to burnout. It leads to all of those things. So it is trying. If you just started out or starting out, it's like hearing this and going, okay, how can I protect me now? to make sure that the business is sustainable for me and my clients down the track once I have grown. Yeah, 100%. I love that. Can we talk about the psychology of pricing concepts? Now, this is something that I'm learning more about all the time. And I love listening to your podcast that you do with Mel. There's so much goodness in there. Can we talk about charm pricing? Tell us what is it and how does it work? Yeah, sure. So I feel like you and Mel could be besties and talk all things psychology of pricing. But yeah, so charm pricing is definitely one of those concepts. And if you're exposed to it all the time and you probably just don't even realize it. Yeah. And this is the fascinating part of it is we are, when you explain what it is, you're like, ah, I've seen that here. I've seen it there. And I bought that because of that. Yeah, definitely. So your charm pricing is, there was all these studies done and it was found that if the price ends in a nine, as opposed to a real number, so think $39 instead of $40, instead of $1,000, you will get more sales. 
And it sounds ridiculous when you think about it. Logically, I go as an accountant and as anyone that can do basic maths, we go, it's $1 difference. But the difference is huge. And if you think about it, step back objectively and go, how many times to your point, have you bought something and you go, it was 39 bucks, it wasn't 40 or, oh, it's only, it's less than a thousand bucks. And we're talking the difference of $1, which logically just go, I don't get it. But it makes such a difference. And even visually, like if you're looking at 999 versus $1,000, 999's shorter. So it works. You kind of go, oh yeah, it is less than a thousand bucks. Perfect. I'm still sitting in the hundreds, so not the thousand. So it's just being aware that if you are selling a product for $20, consider dropping it to 19. Yes, it's only a dollar, but track that and see, does that make a difference to your sales? Because based on all the studies, I guarantee that it will. And this can work for all sorts of products or services. Like even if you were to check out the pricing options for the My Financial Adulting plan, we have a monthly option, which is $99. Surprise, surprise, less than a hundred bucks. Three month payment option is $349. Again, we're sitting below that $350 and making it sound, oh, it's just $350. And if you were buying it up front, it's $997. Like it's not a thousand dollars. So nine is like your ultimate charm price, but five and eight have also been shown to work well. So again, I would just recommend having a look at your pricing, regardless of what type of business you're in and what age or stage that business is in. And just see is there things that you can do to tweak it? Can you make it end in a nine? Can you all drop it to a five or an eight? And just test and measure and see how that goes. Because all of this stuff with pricing, it's an art and it's an assign and it's a science. So I'm very much factual and I just wish there was a little formula go, oh, I do X, Y, Z, and that is my pricing. It doesn't work like that. I mean, cost best value-based pricing just highlights that really. But also then it is testing and measuring it. And for some things that we talk about, maybe the time pricing doesn't work in your business, in which case it doesn't matter. But then being trying some of the other options and techniques that we'll talk about as well. Yeah. I mean, I've seen that work and I've certainly been a client of that or a customer of that in going into a store and exactly buying for, I'm thinking, oh, that's under 40 bucks or whatever it is. It totally works. Yeah. It so does. It sounds better. (laughs) What about price anchors? Yeah. So price anchors is a really interesting one. And I think the easiest way to describe it is like you probably think of it, let's go high end. So let's say you walk into a designer store. I'm so not designer. So I think of Mel walking into a designer store and there's that amazing bag and it's $5,000, $10,000, $100,000. I don't even know. But ridiculous. So for me, I go, that is a ridiculous amount of money to spend on a bag. But if I particularly like that brand and I walk into that shop and I see it, I go, my God, that's a lot of money. Put that on the absolute wish list or dream list. But then when I'm looking at the cheaper products, say a pair of sunnies or something that are 300 bucks, I go, oh, that's a bargain because I've already anchored myself to that really super expensive bag as I walked in. And this can work both ways because in the same instance, you go, I really like those $300 sunnies. I'm going to buy them. If you had gone into, say, Sunglass Hut or somewhere that sells like a whole lot of sunnies and you saw the $300 ones, you might go, as if I'm going to pay 300 bucks for sunnies, I'm going to buy the $150 pair of Oakleys. Again, because you just haven't got, like you're anchoring generally to the higher price. But it's also important to think about the reverse. And if you say offer a few different products or different services, and you're finding that everyone's buying the cheapest one, what is it with your pricing and your offering that has anchored them to that cheapest price point, particularly if you're wanting them to buy the next level up program? 
say, for example, for you as a business coach, you might go, I only want to work with a select number of clients on a one-on-one basis. So you might charge that at a really high premium. Again, it's anchoring people to go, wow, look at her price. She knows her stuff. This is the price that she's... I can't afford that. But therefore, I'm going to drop down to this next product or service that you offer. And I'm going to do that because I still get a bit of it. And I still get a little piece of Donna. I just don't get her as intensely as I do up at this level. So it's just about making sure when you are looking at your pricing, if you've only got one product or one service, can you extend it to more would be kind of one of those things. And then can you set something as a price anchor that then makes your other offerings seem better value or more attainable or reachable for people? But it is thinking about Again, to your point before, where you go when you're setting up your business or you're doing your business, you need to be forward thinking and setting this up that whatever that option is that you ultimately want people to buy, can you continue to deliver that long term? Because you don't want to have to keep tweaking and changing things all the time because that's a whole lot of work as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, this is so good. This is such good stuff. The other thing I think about when I think about like those high, high end stores, like you were saying, like bags that are thousands of dollars. Sometimes I will walk past those and look and I see that really expensive bag in the window or right at the front of the store. And I'm like, I'm not even going to go in there because there's nothing in there that I could possibly afford. And if I touch anything and break anything, I'm going to be like, ah! How do you combat that? Like, obviously that's really, really high end, but I guess for uh, small business owners, particularly the ladies that I work with, there might be some fear around putting something that is a higher ticket price in their online store or if they're like at a market store or whatever. Is there a way that you have seen works with doing that? Like if there's a bit of fear around that or... Yeah, I think it's all relative. I mean, if we're going designer, they've obviously got huge marketing budgets and everything behind it. And the way that that works for them is because people go, I want a bit of that brand and whatever that brand means to them socially. So that's kind of where they get that, have that thing in there. Whereas I'm like, yeah, I'm like, oh, what am I going to buy in there? I just keep walking by. But for people that have bought into that brand or particularly love it, it works is because they're already going to enter into that store. They want that thing. And so it's there and they go, well, I can't afford that, but I'm going to buy this instead. I think when it's a smaller product or service, it is making sure that you've got options and being able to communicate the value that comes with those options. And it's certainly not saying that you've got to have a really expensive one. It might just be that you have got... Like it's making sure... Let's Because often what we would recommend as well when it comes to your pricing is to have three different options. So or three different products, three different services, however that works, because then it helps create choice. And so within that, you can create that anchor. So like I said, for you, you could go, I'm only going to work with a few clients and one-on-one. So that's going to be my highest product. That is my anchor that's still relevant and works with the clients that I'm serving, but it's just, I'm not able to serve all of my clients to that extent. And I don't necessarily want to, but here are my other options. It helps sort of work out the value and where people think that they sit. And again, if you, as a side note to that too, if you are offering three options, you want to make sure people are going to generally choose the middle one because they go, I don't want to look a cheapskate. I don't want to have the most expensive one. So I'm going to fall for that one that's in the middle. So it's knowing that as well. And therefore, when you are setting things up, you can go make sure that whatever your middle option is, is the most it's set up. So it is definitely profitable for you. It's sustainable for you and for the business and the client long-term. 
but then that's where you're using those anchors as well. Like it's almost, it's that low point anchor and a high point anchor. And it don't, they don't, please don't think it's got to be this like really out of limit exclusive thing. Because to your point, if you're going, oh, I want to have a business coach or I want a, a particular product for something. And I, the first thing I see is that really expensive one. If that doesn't make sense with the rest of your brand, I'm probably going to discount your business and just keep moving on because I go, oh, that's out of reach. So it is, you've, again, you've got to understand your avatar, your ideal customer, and then make sure that you've got something in there that helps people make sense of your pricing. Like that's what it is. You're essentially trying to go, here's some different things that you can attach yourself to with regards to pricing and the different things I offer. And then making sure that they're hopefully choosing the one that you can deliver the most profitably and sustainably. Yeah. And I like that you mentioned to make that the product that's based in the middle that, as you said, most people will usually go to make it the most that you can with the highest profit margin. So you really want to look at that when you're positioning those products next to each other or those services to go, is the middle one, the one that I can make the most money out of? And as to your point, the one that I can sustain as my business grows, if people keep choosing that one thing, you've got to be able to sustain that. So that's, I love that. And I think too, this leads me beautifully into decision fatigue in that sometimes we can overload our customers with too many price points, too many options, and it can be confusing and completely turn them off. Absolutely. I don't know about you. Like if I even go into like a a retail shop and then there is just too much stuff there, I'm like, I'm out. It's exactly that same thing because I just go... I don't even know now. Like it's just, it is too hard, which is where having things as simply as possible, listed out as simply as possible or displayed as simply as possible without trying to go, here's everything that I can do. Here's everything that I can offer you. You will find that your sale will absolutely increase because there's too many people, especially now, I think we see it more and more that we just like, I don't want to have to keep making decisions over everything. So make it easy for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that. Cause it is, it's like, if I relate that to like when we go out for dinner and it's got this massive, massive menu and you're like, I'm starving hungry. I just want something, but I feel so overwhelmed that I don't know what I'm going to choose. And if you liken that to maybe like an online shop or something like that, where you've got so many options and there's different postage options, you might have a really high level of cart abandonment because people just go too hard, can't think. I'm walking away from this. So in regards to shipping, because this is something that I guess can be really challenging. And I myself, many years ago, I had a online retail business and I was selling products for families that enjoy the great outdoors, camping and stuff like that to make it easy when you've got a little one in tow. And I found these fantastic, they were like a camp chair, but they were a high chair. Fantastic. The thing was transporting them or freighting them to different places It was really hard. So especially in Australia with our country being so big, in sending it from Queensland to Perth to WA, it was like half the price of the item just in freight alone. So that became really hard. And I think it's where a lot of businesses come unstuck in that price they're shipping so that then it cuts into their profit margin or they lose sales because we add the cost of shipping on at checkout and it's too much. So people walk away. So Do you have any help or any suggestions you can offer to help people with that? Yeah, that's a really interesting one. And because I think ultimately it's got to come down to understanding and knowing your customer and what they're going to do. And particularly if you're looking at like online retail space, it's so easy for us all just chuck it in Google and go, fine. I don't know. Like if there's a particular thing that I'm looking to buy, I've got it open on five, six different 
suppliers and I'm going through and I'm like, all right, who's going to give me the best deal on shipping? And I'm factoring that in. And so it is making sure then depending on what you're offering, if it's going to be available at lots of places, you've really got to do your recon around what are other people offering and how can you get it to work? Because I think there's one thing from the dollar point of view, but it's also got to be from a systems point of view for you as well. And being able to go, how are you going to manage and sustain this within the business as well? Because, you know, how many, like, are you going to do custom orders for, or custom quotes rather for freight? So you're not losing out, but are you prepared for you or someone in your business to be doing that work? So that higher labor cost, can you automate it and do all those things? So I really feel with that, that it is a bit of test and measure and to be able to set it to track your card abandonment, abandonment, can't even say the word, like you said. Because there's just no one way fits all. Whereas if you know that you're the only one that is selling this product, then if people want it, they're going to have to pay for it regardless. But also how can you remove as many friction points as possible? Like for me, I love it if I go, oh, I really like... For me, the most frictionless way for me to buy something is I go, awesome. I really like that product done and I can get all the way through and it's like, it's free shipping. I don't even have to think about it. I just know that that has been factored into the price of whatever that product is that I'm buying. If you can do that, I feel like from the consumer point of view, it's the easiest. And I just go, oh, whereas I know damn well, I've looked at some things and gone, I'm not going to bother to buy it online. I'll just wait till I go to the shops or something because I'm not prepared to pay the shipping. So it is again where you have to understand your market, who is actually buying your product, how readily available your product is, and then doing what you can to make it as seamless as possible, but also that it works from the back end as well. So I'd like, yeah, there's no, unfortunately, one size fits all to be like, I think this is a great way, but it's you've really got to lean into who your customer is and what the good is that you are selling to figure out where you fit and what options you've got available. Yeah. And you can do things like spend over X amount and then you get free shipping and that can help you boost your sales as well, can't it? There's so many different ways to do that, but I like that you gave some options there in making considerations when you're setting that up for your business, which is great. So is there anything that you would add to what we've already spoken about in regards to this psychology of pricing concepts that you think is really relevant to small business owners or startup business owners that would help? Yeah, I think it is becoming aware that it is actually a thing that exists. And I know we've touched on a few, but there is so many more different sort of psychology things that are around. And I'll send you through a download if you like, so that you can put that in your show notes and people can have a look at it because there's just, yeah, so many, so many different things that can apply. But I think it's also about being system... like not being afraid to try things and abandon them if they don't work. So if you find that you've got your three things, different pricing options set up and people aren't buying the middle one, then it's like, okay, I've got to go in and change that. Or if everyone is buying your top one and you're finding particularly service-based, again, that you're just doing too many one-on-ones and that's not sustainable, then you need to look at your pricing because obviously the value that people are getting from that or the perceived value that they're getting is a whole lot more than the price you're charging. So that's probably an indication for you that you need to put your price up with that or you need to change something in your offerings. So it is very much... yeah, It's setting up... All of business and stuff is setting up that system so it's easy for you to monitor and do this stuff. So you might go, all right, each month I'm going to try or each quarter I'm going to try a different or one or two different changes to my pricing to see how that goes and testing and measuring it. 
And if you hate numbers, and if you were just like, oh God, I just don't want to do that. I do my business because I love what it is that I do or I'm really passionate about what it, the good is that I sell. Find someone that can do that for you because otherwise you're going to be trialing all these things, which is great. But if you don't actually test anything, you don't know what's working. And I think that is super important regardless of whether you are starting your business today. If you have been in business for 12 months or five years or 20 years, like you still... Pricing is something that is always going to change. And it's being aware that your customer is going to change or the expectations of your customers change because all these other people around you in business are making changes to how they're running and doing things. And therefore, you can't just be a stick in the mud. You have to be a bit flexible and to change it and just to keep looking around. But also, I think it's being aware of what others in your industry are doing and what your competitors are doing. But knowing that you don't have to do that as well. Like if I was to go back to, you know, the good old accounting firm days, 10, 12 years ago, most accountants were charging and billing by the hour. That was just the industry standard. Think a lot of private, like think lawyers, all of that. It's six minute increments, killing hours, you're going into your timesheet. You can move away from that. Like we opted to change and go, we're going to do fixed pricing and quote clients up front and go, it's going to cost you X amount to do your tax return this year, for example. And they would give us 50% upfront. We do their tax return. They would pay the balance. Nothing right or wrong with that. It was just very different at the time to what the industry was generally doing. So I think too, it is your business and you get to choose how you want to run it. And so I think it's just about not getting stuck in the, oh, but this is the way that everybody does it. This is the way my industry works. That may well be the case, but you can change it to make the business work for you and how you want it to run. And I think that's so relevant regardless of the age and stage of your business or the size of your business. And I think it's also really relevant for all areas of your business too, not just in pricing. You are the captain of your ship. You can change your business to suit your lifestyle, to suit the season of your life, which is what I talk a lot about in my program with Ready to Rise with the ladies I work with in juggling a family and a business. We need to be flexible to shape and reshape that as time goes on and constantly come back to like the testing and measuring of our pricing. It's that self-reflection and looking at your business with a bird's eye view and going, what's working, what's not? What do I need to tweak and change to make this work for me? But also to ensure that my business is profitable because otherwise what will happen is you've got a very expensive hobby that you're maintaining. And if it's not returning to you financially, then it's okay to have a hobby. It's okay to have a side hustle. But if you're treating it like a full-time job, it should be returning you a full-time income. So yes, could not agree more with that one. I feel like that just needs to be like the exclamation mark at the end of that sentence because it's so true, so true. Well, I have had an awesome time talking to you about all this stuff. And as you said, There is so much more we could dig into around this. So I'm thrilled that you're going to give us a download, which is awesome, where people can go and find out more about all of the pricing stuff we've talked about. And if they want to explore more about what you offer with Mel and the programs there, where's the best place that we can direct people to? Yeah, absolutely. So it would be Melissa Brown with an E on the end of Brown, which is fancy, .com.au. So on there, you'll find... Yeah, links to the My Financial Adulting Plan. And we've also got some masterclasses and specifically a pre-recorded masterclass on pricing as well that people can check out too if they really want to sort of nerd out 
on pricing and yeah, which I would encourage people to do, like to follow the tips and all of the information and just remember that it's not a fixed thing. So you can always change it. And just if you are doing it, please test and measure it so you know what is and isn't working for your business. So you can just get closer and closer to that perfect pricing sweet spot. Love it. So there you have it. There's Lawsy, Lauren Law sharing all of her knowledge on getting a pricing right for your business. Thanks so much, Lauren. It's been awesome having you on. And I hope that I might be able to get you back on the podcast at some stage to talk about a different element of finances and business because yeah, you just give so much great stuff. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and always happy to come on your podcast. If you love the creativity, the challenge and the buzz of building and growing your own business, but you wish there was some way you could learn the business skills and the strategies to avoid burnout, then you need my framework. The Ready to Rise program will show you the path to integrating the three sides of you, the inspired smart businesswoman, the devoted present in the moment mum, and the grounded energized you. I'll teach you the step-by-step strategies that will take your business to the next level and pave the way for you becoming the savvy businesswoman that you know you have the potential to be. Next week, starting on Tuesday, the 31st of May, doors will open for the next intake into the program. And I'm hosting a series of free mini sessions so that you can get a feel for how I run the program and its benefits. If you want to join me for the daily mini sessions, then you need to head over to my Instagram page or my Facebook page. I'll be showing up there daily. And to find out more about the Ready to Rise program, head across to donahan.com forward slash course. Doors to the program close on the 7th of June. So mark it in your diary so you don't miss out. Thank you for listening to this episode of the She's in Business podcast. If you enjoyed it, please share it on Instagram and Facebook. And I'd be so grateful if you could leave me a review on iTunes. Be sure to include your business name and Insta handle so I can give you a shout out too. If you want to know more about what I do, the programs that I offer, then head over to www.donnahan.com and follow me on Instagram at Donna underscore Han underscore S-I-B. I hope this podcast inspires you to be courageous and take action in carving out your very own business by design, where you can avoid burnout and shine like the universe is yours.